And welcome back to the Ford Taylor Talks podcast. I'm Pat Williams with Ford Taylor. Ford, welcome back. We're part two of our new you in 2022. A lot of twos there. New you in 2022. Rebuilding, restoring, and supercharging. Uh, Part one was about relationships. Now we're going to talk about the team dynamic uh, a little bit. Uh, Those groups, those organizations that are most dear to us as leaders. Uh, Man, I'm excited to jump in. Yeah, well, let's jump right into it because what I want to do is is kind of continue where we started last time, go a little bit deeper there, and then how that would move into impacting the organizations, uh, not just a one-on-one, but even a broader group. Ford, I I know we've uh, we've talked about the VP Mosa on this podcast several times, but if we're really going to rebuild, restore, and supercharge uh, in 2022, we got to go back and revisit the VP Mosa, and and let's let's dive in by taking a look at those quadrants: family, work, health, and community. And um, we got to see, we have to self-evaluate. Now we got to go back into these quadrants and see, you know, where we're good, where we're failing, maybe where we can get a little bit better. Yeah. So last time we talked about acknowledge something that we want to change to make us a better, you know father, uh, husband, wife, mother, uh, boss, uh, employee, co-worker, to see it, acknowledge it, to own it, and to change it. So we talked about that. Now let's talk about the four areas in which that impacts the most. And number one's our family. Now what tool do we use? We use the VP Mosa. Do we know the vision, where we're going, the purpose, why we're going there, and the mission? What are we willing to do that others may not be willing to do to go there? And, and you're right, on an annual basis, we recommend people to write their objectives for that year, for the next 12 to 18 months in these four quadrants. Uh, and the first one, as you called out, is the family quadrant. So what is my objective for 2022 in my family quadrant? Uh, you know, with my children, uh, with, my, with Sandra, what are those objectives? And write those down. Write down clear strategies and action steps. Now, if you want to, run it through the lens that we've been talking about, new you in 2022, rebuild, restore, supercharge relationships. So if you're going to write those down through that lens, it goes back to the evaluation. What are the objectives or an objective that we're going to do? And then move over and and do the same thing through the work lens, wherever you produce your income and write down one or two objectives for work. Okay, remember, we're talking about rebuild, restore, supercharge. So do those through that lens and see what you come up with. And then on your own personal health, uh, that's physical health, that's mental health and emotional health. And for many of us, that's also our spiritual health. And this goes back to taking a look at ourselves, doing that self-evaluation. Because when we're healthy, you know, when, when we're healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, our relationships are just better because because we feel better. And then take a look at some objectives in the community, which is what I call your volunteer time. It's the stuff that we do that we, it's not income related at all. It's where we're just giving ourselves away to something else. And if, if you'll take a look at all those four quadrants and, and write out some clear objectives, clear strategy, clear action steps, but this time, write them out through the lens of rebuild, restore, and superstar and supercharge relationships and see what happens in your influence 
in all four of those quadrants in 2022 and moving forward. Or, you know, we talk about TL tools a lot and you have talked about the social covenant, uh, your teams that you coach, the organizations, governments, countries, the feedback they give you is, is the social covenant, the social covenant, man, I'm having a hard time talking today. Bear with. Okay, buddy. The social covenant uh, plays such a, a key role with uh, immediate impact, right? But inside that social covenant, I mean, we have to have a plan for conflict resolution. <laughs> I mean, it has to be at the forefront all the time because family work, health, and community, it's easy to get derailed in all four of those quadrants if we if we try to operate with unresolved conflict in the forefront. Yeah, there's no question. In every relationship, PW, uh, the, the, at the very forefront of every relationship is trust. And without trust, it's hard to take that relationship into that place that we call supercharged. It's very, very difficult. And one of the things that keeps trust from being built is conflict. And so if we have the the social covenant that we talk about uh, in place where we are agreeing on how we're going to treat one another and we have an agreement on how we're going to approach it, if one of us don't treat each other that way, and and we all know that's what we're going to use, and we know in advance that if one of us is disrespectful or unloving, uh, or if we gossip, and we'll come back to that one because that's a big one. But if we do any of those things, if we know that that if someone's going to come to us about that, that they're going to come one on one, and we agree that if we can't resolve it, we're going to bring one or two others in to help us, and we agree that if that doesn't work, we're going to bring a group in that's going to actually uh, judge and say who's right or wrong. I mean, in other words, if you can agree on all that in advance, almost never do you get to that third step. It just it just very rarely happens. And if we can agree that when we go one-on-one, we're going to go in humility. That means I might be wrong. And we're going to go in love. That means I care more about you than I care about how you feel about me. We're going to go in pre-forgiveness. In other words, we're there because the relationship is more important than the conflict. In order to, it, it, it's, I'm not there to hurt you. I'm there so our relationship gets better. And if we go with 100% of the truth and the facts, because we know sometimes they're not the same because one person's perception of what happened may not be at all what happened. And so if we can agree to go that way and to go one-on-one and, and walk out these processes, and if we can agree that if we're wrong, that we truly can humble ourselves and apologize and change our behavior, it's, it's just amazing what happens to groups of people when all that's in play and it's in agreement before you even start. And so, yeah, we, we get told over and over again that the social covenant is a game changer for us. And, you know, PW built deep into that social covenant is gossip. You know, and we agree that we are not going to gossip about one another. Not only am I not going to gossip about you, we're in agreement. I'm not going to listen to gossip about you. And if I do, because I can't help it, because somebody says it before I can stop them, we're in agreement. They got 48 hours to come to you. I mean, because we know what gossip does. We know it's toxic to relationships. And so built deep in that social covenant is is dealing with all of those things. And if you have that in place before you start, 
when a relationship is broken, because we're all human, we're all going to make mistakes. When it is broken, you have the very process already in place to rebuild, restore, and supercharge that relationship. Or we talk a lot about the actual covenant, but something magical happens when pen hits paper, when we build it as a team, when we build it as a family, when we build it as a church, uh, how we're agreeing to treat each other. Uh, I think that's important that we don't miss that point. Uh, it is in writing, not as a contract, because contracts are meant to be broken, but it is a truly, it's a covenant. And covenant, uh, you know, comes from the heart. Yeah, P.W., there's nothing uh, more heartwarming to me to be embodied into someone's home, maybe who's been through a lot of our stuff, and go in their dining room for dinner, and there on the wall is the social covenant uh, with the mom, dad, the children, you know, little things like, you know, sister says, I'm not going to pinch brother, and brother, I'm not going to kick sister. I mean, that they came up with it on their own, and and then to have the parents tell the children, you know, young kids, uh, teach Mr. Taylor uh, the six-step apology and the last time you had to use it with somebody in the family. And again, so whether it's family, uh, work, community, there's nothing more heartwarming to see a family come together in agreement around that and watch how the dynamic in their family changes when it's right there on paper and they're looking at it every time they eat, this is what we agree to, or every time they're together, or but it's hanging right there on the wall. Same in companies, when it's hanging there on the wall, you know, people signed it, you know, dozens of signatures, and, and they make that commitment. What can happen to the relationships, not just the one-on-one -on -one relationships, but the whole group dynamic and how it changes. Ford, we're talking about New You in 2022, rebuilding, restoring, and supercharging our relationships. Uh, we started off talking about ourselves um, and the individual and those key relationships that we just wanted to uh, to be better. You know, now we're talking about the organizations, but, you know, learning the difference between that transactional person and that relational person, really understanding those two worlds, uh, how to deal with each, and maybe even um, identifying which one you are. And uh, if you don't know which one you are, uh, there's a great book out. I'll let you share it. Uh, but, but you know, get, getting to the middle, uh, aiming and striving to be relational and being able to, to, to deal with both of these groups that we, you know, we bump into these folks all day, every day. And I laugh now because I'll watch somebody work for five or 10 minutes and I'll automatically <laughs> brand them. Oh, they're relational. Oh, they're very transactional. I don't know if it's a curse or whatever, but you know, when I get into rooms now, that's almost, I want to put a, I want to put an R on their head or a T on their head. You know, maybe that's not a bad idea. Maybe when I do some of the consulting moving forward, I'll recommend that everybody buys caps for their employees. And you know what? You may have just come up with an idea that they walk around for a few days after they go through the training with a T or an R on their, on their cap. Uh, are they, are they more transactional, more relational? Uh, but, you, you know, just acknowledging which one you are and acknowledging uh, the other one, it, 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 it's, it's just pure helpful. And, and, and let's just go over those real quick. 
Okay, because this is what, if people really understand that. So the people that are more relational, you ready? Uh, they love to tell stories. You know, it's, you probably can tell I, I, I normally default to relationship. When I have to choose my default relationship. Uh, the second thing is they want to visit before the work begins. You know, they, they want to hang out. They want to chat. Uh, the other thing is they, they have a tough time focusing on getting the transactions complete unless the relationship is good. And then also they prioritize the feelings of others over getting things done. Now, that's, and there is no right or wrong on this continuum. On the other end of the continuum, we have highly transactional people. Boy, they love to get things done. I mean, telling a story for too long can literally irritate them. You know, it's like, would you shut up so we can get the work done? You know, they have a hard time focusing on relationship unless the transactions are complete. Um, you know, that they, they practice, they prioritize the task over the feelings of the others. And again, they want to get the work done before the storytelling. It's not that they don't want to visit and tell stories. They just want to get the work done first. And if you want to know which one you are, it, it's, it's a pretty simple concept. When you wake up in the morning, are you, is the first thing on your mind the list of things you've got to get done that day? Or is the first thing on your mind uh, rolling over and hugging your spouse or, you know, being with people, you know, being in those relationships. When you go to bed at night, are you thinking about the task that did or didn't get done? Or are you thinking about the people or your spouse right there with you or your family? And, and boy, the hard part about this is when one person talks about the other end, it's like the other end feels like they're wrong. And there is no right or wrong here. It's who we were created to be. And most of us, even if people read that book, that relational leadership book, and, and they become relational leaders, which means they live more in the middle, they can do both. You can rest assured that when stress kicks in, they're going to default to whichever one is the most natural for them. I have, I have some dear friends that they live on the opposite in the continuum. And when conflict comes up in their family, I won't use names or nobody would know because this would be pretty normal. Probably most of the people I know would say he was talking about me. He was talking about our marriage. But when, you know, when, when they have some conflict, the transactional one just goes right to cleaning the kitchen, you know, washing the car. I mean, you know, and then the relational one wants to basically stop everything and resolve the conflict. And again, there's, it's not really a right or wrong. It's just where we default to. And if we can learn to honor the people on one end that aren't on our end, it actually, again, can do something as simple as rebuild, restore, and supercharge the relationship. Ward, we're, uh, A, me included, and I think you included too, uh, knew you in 2022, uh, some good stuff you shared. Uh, always going back to the VP Mosa, you know, you talk about um, those quadrants. I mean, if ever there should be a something on your whiteboard at home or in your journal, uh, make sure this is in the forefront. We don't want to visit the VP Mosa or these quadrants once a year. I mean, this isn't this is a journey. Uh, this is ongoing. This is ever changing. You know, we get older, jobs change, uh, priorities change. So the family, the work, the health, and the community uh, inside those quadrants change all the time. 
They do, PW. And, and the one thing I, I share with people as an individual and as an organization, when those quadrants are in balance, relationships are usually really good. Productivity is really high. Now, in balance, based on what you just said, does not mean 25% each. Because if we have little children, our community stuff, unless we're coaching their teams or teaching their Sunday school class, I mean, you know, it would it would be less because we would want to put more family time in than giveaway time. There are seasons that we go through that work is just an overload. And we do have to put a little more time in the work. There are other times that we really need to slow down a little bit and focus on our health. And so when those four are in balance, depending on what season of life we're in at that particular moment, that's when relationships are really strong. And, and like you say, they can change in a month, they can change in a year, but they definitely change in seasons of life based on job, uh, age of children, uh, needs of a spouse, uh, needs of the company. So, they, so they're always moving and floating around. But the more we can keep them in balance, the better our relationships are, the better our relationships, the more intimacy we have with those dear close ones and the more productivity we have with the teams that we're on. Lord, thank you for being lit. Thank you for helping us all stay lit. And uh, for all you new listeners out there, if you want to get lit, lots of resources for taylortalks.com, the book, Relational Leadership, uh, TL On Demand. Uh, if you want to learn more, if you want to be new in 2022, rebuild, restore, and supercharge your relationships, lots of resources available for Thanks again. Great episode. Thanks for your time today. Take us out of there, my friend. Well, thank you, PW. And, and you know me, I think in the root of all this is, you know, can we truly learn to love and really care more about our neighbor than even we do ourselves? Can we really esteem others above ourselves? Because I found that when we when we really love that way, forgiveness becomes a lot easier and forgiveness easy, love becomes easy and those go back and forth. But I also know that when we do that, uh, people want to hear from us. They want to be around us more. And when that happens, our influence goes up. And when our influence goes up, it gives us the ability not only to keep doing a self-evaluation and center our own transformation, but to impact and transform the lives around us. So like you said, let's get lit. Let's stay lit. Let's keep learning because good leaders, great leaders never stop learning. And let's keep learning how to get better at love, influence, transform. Thank you for listening to this episode of Ford Taylor Talks. For more information and resources to help you love, influence, and transform, please visit FordTaylorTalks.com.